Welcome, guys. Ga- <laughs> Welcome back, guys. Strong back, soft front. It's me, Emily, your host. This is the third episode, and today I want to talk about risk, and I want to dissect it in a few ways. And I want to be telling you why I want to talk about it today, but I will talk about that a little bit later on. Um, so when it comes to risk, firstly, I want to just explain how we evaluate risk. Uh, and this is the thing, we have some basic needs in our life. And the, the absolute basic need is that we need to be staying alive. Um, when we wake up in the morning, our prime job is to actually remain alive for another day, for another sunset, and then for another sunrise. So we, our brains actually want a level of certainty because without certainty, it's always going to be under threat. Okay, so how we then navigate our lives uh, purely out of a animalistic principle is to keep us alive. So we will determine whether something is dangerous or not dangerous um, on a very subconscious level and happens very, very quickly. So it's not like I'm saying that we're evaluating risk, but it happens subconsciously all the time. Um, So we, we want to evaluate risk. And most of the time, these subconscious filters does so by generalizing, deleting, and distorting information, and then making further sense of that information because we filter it through our belief system, our previous experiences, our values, and all of these other things that actually act as a filter. So every second of every day, of every every year you're going to be alive, you're being bombarded with about 200 million bits of information. And your brain cannot make sense of all of that. And this is why we need filters and we use filters. Um, because your brain can only really filter through probably around seven, five to nine bits per second, which means that everything else those nine, whatever, I can't do maths, which is, you know, I'm not even going to try and make the calculation to take that away. But all of that has to be generalized, deleted or distorted so that we can actually try and make sense. So we create this map of the world, our representation of the fact of the world. Okay. And that is really how it works for everyone. Now, there are, of course, pros and cons with this type of evaluation, and there are pros and cons with with risk, right? And because I want to talk about risk today, I want to first maybe jump into the whole thing about pros, because the thing is, we grow by exploring and challenging things we don't have a lot of reference to. This is why if we evaluate something as dangerous, It's either because we've had a similar situation before or that we've heard about someone who had a similar situation before. But the fact is that we are making a decision, a risk assessment based on something that is not factual. We don't actually know what's going to happen, but we can perceive it based on data that's been stored away so that we can use our filters to make this risk assessment. And again, it's because your brain wants to keep you alive and we have a prefrontal cortex that does a lot of the work 
because otherwise we will be very impulsive and just do things without really doing the risk assessment. So obviously it's there for a reason. But I want to give you an example. So when I was 20 years old, I decided that I'm going to go to Brazil and I'm going to be going there and I'm going to buy a one-way ticket. And all I'm going to do is to go and I'm going to live and train capoeira and samba. And I'm going to do that for, and I said then, a minimum of two months. That was my plan. And so I was working really hard and leading up to this, trip I I remember I got a, a letter from my grandparents or from my grandma and she had cut out news articles about uh, tourists being abducted in Brazil and they were so at they were so sure that if I were to go they would not see me again and while of course they are allowed to feel that fear because if we read the news we will condition fear into our brains because it's how we are feeding our brains um i was saying you know if that's how i'm going to die or being taken away then may so may be it uh, i'm willing to take the risk uh, so that i can go and live my life how i want to live my life regardless if i get abducted or not did I want to get abducted? Of course not. Was there a risk? There is always a risk. Just by stepping out your doorstep today, you might actually put yourself in danger. And so risk is an important part in decision making. We need to understand that there is always a risk. But in my opinion, if we live in risk, if we live in the fear of what could happen, and we never do anything that we wish to happen or wish to do the risk here is that we live a really really unfulfilled life and in my school of thought it's way worse to live a life without risk than to risk something and to live a life where you feel fulfilled because at the end of the day we are going towards the same future so either taking risk and risking getting hurt or taking risk not doing anything and living an unfulfilled life, they can both kill you because one leads to, well, maybe an instant pain where we might die in an accident or we get abducted or whatever. And one will lead to a slower death because we're not risking anything, but we're also really unfulfilled. And the th truth is, though, that we're all going to die one day. And the question is, how much risk are you willing to put on the unfulfillment? And how much risk are you willing to put on fulfilling what you want to do? Of course, when it comes to making these decisions, it's not about just making a decision and then just say whatever happens will happen. You can obviously prevent risk. Uh, from happening you can prevent harm from happening by being a bit more strategic by understanding that if I do this then this is the risk and then how do I mitigate that risk which kind of brings me into what I wanted to talk about which is also the cons of not evaluating risk or the cons of putting yourself at danger because you either fail to evaluate the risk 
we didn't take the risk serious enough. And in this instance, I actually want to bring up something that happened this weekend where my little brother was in an accident, a biking accident. And from what I understand, he was biking uh, to the gym and he was having just one hand on the handle and it had been raining and it was probably about 7 p.m. So it wouldn't have been too dark, but you know, some roads gets a little bit darker the, than others. Um, and all of a sudden he crashed and that left him pretty badly hurt um, with a really poorly broken foot, uh, a couple of teeth that had been flown out from the crash, um, a few stitches on his face and a lot of um, scratch marks, we can say, from hitting the road. Uh, and he was just on his way to the gym, like every other day, every other even every other day that he's gone. And he had failed to evaluate the risk of not being safe in driving in terms of keeping the helmet on and also keeping both hands on the steering wheel because we do get kind of numb about things that we do daily. We forget that every day when we do things, we, we put ourselves at risk. But the question is, are we willing to do more risk because we're becoming complacent to the risk? Or are we going to take risk, i.e. jumping on a bike, as we always do, and be as safe as we can within that risk? Which I guess kind of also brings me to, um, it's pretty much the 10th year anniversary for when my grandfather passed away in a car accident. And uh, um, he was actually, he was definitely my hero. I looked up to him so much. And on the day, it was a beautiful August day in 2011. And me and my family, we'd been on the, in the theme park and my ex-boyfriend was here as well. And we had an amazing day. And we ended up, finishing off the day in the sky bar uh, and having a drink and just having a really good time. And then we got the call from my grandma and granddad had died. Um, and it literally blew the air out of my lungs. Um, and it's actually really weird to sit here and talk about it. And I, I knew I was going to talk about this at some point, but uh, because it's the 10th year anniversary in two days. Um, I feel really connected to him. Um, he was a huge part of my life. Um, yeah. But anyway, so he was in a car accident and all he was doing was going to the store to get some paint and then he never came back again. And so I talk about these things a lot in my writing and I talk about it in my in my stories, etc., the whole thing about presence and how death actually gives meaning to life. And so I personally sit and think about death quite often. I think about my grand my granddad who is dead. I think about my other granddad who's dead. 
And I must say, up until the point of 11 years ago, when my first granddad died, death was not really present in my life. I had all of my grandparents. I even had great grandparents. And so I had not really experienced a whole lot of death. But then all of a sudden, people started dying around me, people that I loved, people, just people, and recognizing that they're actually never, ever going to come back. And therefore, to be aware of that and to constantly remind ourselves of death is a part of life. And I can move towards that inevitable destiny which we all share by the way if we share one thing is that we were born and that we're going to die and the rest in between there it's really up to us how we want to live it and I find that a lot of people are seeking more happiness more fulfillment more of everything as it's a finite thing that we have to cure things to be things but in fact the only thing that is finite is that we are having finite use in this life. Uh, everything else is infinite. And we don't have to wait to feel a certain way. Uh, we don't have to live the most safe life to feel safe. We don't have to have the most adrenaline um, fueling activities in order to feel excited. I'm not saying it's wrong, because it's not. Um, everyone is allowed to make decisions based on how they want to live their life. And I don't think anyone is better. But the question really is, do we hunt things because we are unable to find fulfillment in what we already have? And are we seeking more things because we're, we are unable to see that what we have is enough and being exactly who we are, it's enough. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this, this took a, a bit of a turn because I was thinking about risk today. Um, but the question really is, do you want to risk remaining where you are in terms of feeling inadequate and feeling like you need something else because that's a risk that you you're choosing a risk of dying feeling unfulfilled because you didn't dare to look at it the other way around and you're saying I have everything I need and it's enough and if I understand that it's not about me needing more things to build on my self-worth instead it's me being worthy enough and therefore I deserve to get everything I work for not that I need it to make me feel better I get it because I deserve it that changes the game in in how we look upon pursuing external things and don't get me wrong I have very grandiose goals but none of them is to make me feel any better about myself none of them is to make me feel that I and more worthy that I have better status that I that I am cooler than anyone else because it's not it's because I already know my worth and I know that I deserve everything I work for 
everything that I want, it's mine to have because I believe that I deserve it. Nothing comes for free. But if I have the belief system that I am worthy, then I'm willing to take the risk of maybe not getting it and not getting it wouldn't harm my status quo. It wouldn't actually harm my self-worth. So for anyone who listens uh, and you're, you're struggling to take risk, here is the thing though. When it comes to growth, there is always a risk. There is always a risk attached to it. But the thing about risk, it's that it's also always a perceptual thing. So just like you can talk yourself out of doing something because you've calculated things based on your previous experiences, you can actually talk yourself into doing things because you can find other references for why you're capable. You can find other references for how other people have made it. And you can find references in, actually, I don't know if my previous experience has any validation for why this couldn't work so part of living a a a fulfilled life is actually that to just understand that we need to take risk because it's at the risk we are actually growing and growth is fulfillment uh, at least in my opinion and yeah and therefore also we can we can learn to perceive safety however we want to perceive safety there are of course physiological things that we will perceive as unsafe you know if we're starving we're unsafe if we are um, close to fire we're unsafe if we are next to someone abusive we are unsafe right that's a an accurate way of perceiving safety even though you can be in all of these things but it doesn't mean that it's going to take your life. So we're perceiving fear because we want to make sure we keep our life. But then at the same time, if I can perceive me finding reasons for why I should pursue something that I don't really know how to, or I don't have any reference to, then I can still make it feel safe by understanding that I can tap into my own self-worth and my own virtues and understand that it's all a risk and I can risk doing it and maybe succeeding. I can risk doing it and maybe learning how not to do something. I can risk it and die, but I risk it because it made me feel fulfilled. But I can also risk not doing anything because I'm too scared of the what ifs, the fantasy that I keep telling myself that it could happen based on what I used to think, based on my experiences, based on other people's opinions, based on my bias. So today I just wanted to jump on here and talk about risk. So thank you for listening in. If you did find this thought provoking or interesting, make sure that you tell me at Emily Anger on Instagram is the best way. And Share it with someone who needs to hear this. And then I will be back with another episode next week. And I am also going to start pushing out some guest speakers with some really awesome 
things to share and I'm really looking forward to it. So have a really good week and I'll speak to you next week.